0: Hey, hey everybody, welcome to the podcast, I Totally Relate. I'm Rissy, and I'm Shelves, and we hope you guys can totally totally relate.
1: Well, everybody, welcome back to I Totally Relate. Heyo, we got a real treat for you today. Mm, 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 My husband, Mm. Mm. We got Shelby Hobbs <laughs> in the house. <laughs> wow. Justin, do you want to say hi? Well, hello. Well, hello. Well, hello, everybody. Oh, um, that was too good. Okay. Okay, so we're last week we sat down, we talked about leadership. So mm. what leadership meant to us. Yeah. Examples of leadership in our lives, positions of leadership that we've held, and how we would like to see leaders lead in the future. And so we are excited to sit down today with Justin and expand that conversation and just get some more perspectives. And so, um, Justin, tell us maybe a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Are you in the position of leadership right now?
2: So I grew up in Southern California originally, um, about 15 years in uh, Ventura County,
0: which is, I believe, south ballet
1: okay wait I did not know you grew up in Ventura County
0: no yeah he grew up like 10-15 minutes away from Ojai
1: literally I was born in Ventura like I'm just kind of blown away I didn't know it was like that intertwined with our like family history yeah there's a little
2: town called Camarillo yeah that's where I uh that's where I grew up most of my life I lived a little bit in Ventura Camarillo then went to my first year of high school in Newberry Park And then I've been working in a a leadership role for probably the last four years, going on four years now.
1: Tell, like, what kind of leadership role are you in right now?
2: Uh, I'm in a position, it's called a squad leader position, so I'm in charge of six other firefighters underneath me. Um, I've got myself, who runs a squad of seven. I've got kind of my co-pilot or second in command, which is a lead firefighter, and then we have five crew members uh, in the back of the truck, Um, and I'm in charge of alpha squad on the crew that I work for.
0: Yeah, oh. so Justin is a wildland firefighter. He's a hot shot. Ooh,
1: <laughs> so, such a hot shot. He is. Okay, so, like, my first thought in you explaining that is like, I've had leadership roles, you know, like working in corporate America, you know, in like extracurricular activi- activities that I've done. But, like, when you're explaining your leadership role, I feel like, wow, there's like a whole nother level of gravity because when you're leading people, like, there's. Legit lives on the line, right? Mm -hmm. Like this isn't like we're here to make money. This is about we are here to be safe and like protect ourselves and our community, right?
2: Yeah, totally.
1: What is that pressure like?
2: You know, as far as pressure go, there's definitely pressure um, when you got a lot on the line. What I like about being able to be in a leadership role in a job where you're you're outdoors predominantly, you're in a very tight-knit group of people everyone's very disciplined everyone's on the same yeah. plate the same page as far as discipline and like everyone's motivated everyone wants to work hard you know there's no weak link and if there is they you know they weed themselves out pretty quickly um, but I feel like in the job that I'm working right now there's a little bit more of a flexibility of being a leader where I've never been in the leadership role and like a corporate side of it and I don't know if it's all like there's a lot of policies you got to follow, and a lot of like rules, you, and like boundaries you can't cross with like HR things. Yeah, and for a, we have a little bit more leeway, and I think it's it's more fun. You can be a lot more of yourself. Everyone's got tough skin, so they can take a joke. Um, yeah, you know, you can kind of you can kind of play around, and I think find your more personal style a little bit better. Then you got all the added pressure of you know the fire itself, you know the values at risk, which is always number one. The people that are out there better you're working with and or the general public but um, yeah I don't know I think it's fun being able to have a lot more freedom I feel like with my leadership style what I can say what I can do
1: yeah yeah that's really interesting so the people who you're working with are people who you said are very disciplined is it kind of like a kind of like a military kind of feeling where like I mean there's certain routines and like Mm -hmm. at courses you have to accomplish or like
2: yeah, I'd say wildfire. I mean, fire service in general, whether you're municipal, which is a structure city fire department, or wildland, um, which I'd say wildland is definitely catered to the military side a lot more, paramilitary. Depending on what crew you work for, our crew, the crew that I work for, runs very strict paramilitary okay. standards mm-hmm. um, from our dress uniform yeah. uh, all the way up to you know the way we hold ourselves to the the standards we follow. Um, just little things that you want to think about. Like we're not allowed to be on our cell phones outside of the trucks because, you know, we're a professional resource. We're there to do a job, not be caught sitting around on our phones. It's yeah. so just, in Scrolling our opinion, that's MC. unprofessional. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: So like, where would you be where you would be outside of your truck and you shouldn't be on your phone? Um,
2: So if we're, if we're on a large incident, usually they'll set up what's called the incident command post or the fire camp. Um, and that's, Kind of where everyone goes at the end of the day. They still do that with COVID, but it's a lot more, a lot more restrictions now. But anyways, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you usually go into a large fire camp and you'll line out in a single file line, uh, walk to grab breakfast, lunch, or dinner, mm-hmm. or whatever you need from the camp, and then walk back to the trucks. And it's just times like that you'll walk around the camp and you'll see plenty of disciplined and professional resources. Then you also see a plethora of. Of people that are just incredibly unprofessional and I'm sure it's the same in every aspect but mm. you know you got dudes with their shirts untucked and their phones are out and they're smoking cigarettes in the parking lot and yeah. you know cigarettes might be a little personal to judge someone off of just because everyone has their their niches but yeah we feel that as professional firefighters you probably shouldn't be smoking cigarettes yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's already enough. there's already
2: enough of that that goes into your lungs, whether you want it or not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah. True. Before we get into like more of the leadership aspect, just out of m- just to satisfy my own curiosity. Uh, what has been like your most favorite fire that you've fought? Oh, interesting. Yeah. And why and like why would I even think that you would have a favorite fire? That sounds almost morbid. But like, well, Justin's or... actually
0: really good at remembering like the fires that he goes to. Like, he's yeah, really good at that.
2: Man, we had a couple good fires this year that were fun. But I'd say as far as my favorite fire goes, it would probably be 2016. It was called, well, I, I don't want to say any names of the fires and stuff, just yeah, that's people that okay. listen. But anyways, it was in Nevada. That's, we'll give the broad description there. We were we had another hotshot crew farther up the canyon from us. but They were on the other side of the canyon. And they were doing what's called a point protection burn um, around a ranch up there. So the fire was coming. They were just burning off around the ranch to create a, a burnt barrier a feel around the ranch to stop the fire when it got there their line ended up working but their fire that they lit jumped the canyon to the wrong side by accident and started coming down towards us and we were doing a burn and then the winds got shifty we lost our burn so then this whole time I was kind of in and out of the canyon I was kind of in charge of moving some vehicles around so like I was there for a little bit during the chaos but then I took myself and two other crew members and we were walking back to get the trucks and then that we get told to turn around and come back into the canyon so we stop hiking we turn around we go back into the canyon and we just see these people we just see these five fire trucks come like speeding out of the canyon but the rest of my crew is like hanging on to the side of the fire truck and oh my cause apparently they were they were like running out of the canyon like actually sprinting and then uh, oh no. these f- engines from california were there and they like got flipped around because they were up there they were giving us some water support and uh they were like, "Jump on the side," and people just like grabbed on, and I just saw dudes like hanging off the side of the engine as they were like driving down this canyon and then we got into our trucks and drove out. But this fire was like keeping up with us. We were going like forty five miles per hour down a dirt road, and the fire was like right next to the trucks the whole time, just like matching our pace. Uh-
1: yeah. That's his but favorite. and then there was a the lot of yeah, like, this sounds <laughs> there was a so lot of down. other
2: similar experiences and pretty extreme fire behavior on that fire just due to the field type and the, and, the, and the weather conditions but uh, yeah that was probably one of my favorite. Just a lot of running and gunning and moving parts and
1: yeah.
2: failed plans and successful plans and then failed plans and then successful plans. A lot of trial and error, I guess. yeah but it was really cool. Yeah mm-hmm. a good learning experience for everybody. I wish I was in more of a leadership role on that fire. I probably could have taken a lot more from it, but just as a young crew member, for me it was just an adrenaline rush, and it was yeah. it was freaking awesome.
1: Uh, sounds <laughs> like a terrifying adrenaline rush. You mentioned like failure, like learning and failing and like failed attempts. What what is your perspective on failure? Is that, like, scary and terrifying, and you try not to make mistakes, or is it something that you feel like you've learned, oh, I think it's in a just friend? General, in general, human
2: beings have fear of failure. Yeah. I don't think anybody goes into a situation and is just like, oh, I don't give a shit if I fail. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's always a degree of, like, caring, but I think failing is a, an important part of, you know, essentially mastering that skill. Yeah. If, you know, I... There's, rare, there's few tasks that you can go out and do and probably get it right on the first try. Yeah. So without failure, there's there's no lessons to be learned. And that yeah. goes in the leadership and in the fire service. It's like one of my old squad leaders back in the day had a sign in the back of the buggy, and it said, um, what was it? safety is written in the blood of less careful men, so do them the favor by not making the same mistake." So yeah, people make have made mistakes, and sometimes it costs them their lives, or sometimes it costs them their job, or sometimes, you know it could be a little mistake too, but I think if, you know, you don't fail, then you never really learn and you can't, you know, sometimes out of the biggest failures, you get lessons learned for years to come. There's been failures in the fire service that have led to, you know, change in the entire fire services. Yeah, yeah.
1: When was a time that you failed?
2: Oh man, there's been a few. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I guess a small failure would maybe be a failure this year of, I guess, failing and having confidence in myself. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. go with that. But typically at the end of a piece of line that we're putting in, you know, we you cut the line initially to stop the fire. Then you go back through and you make the line better. And then you go back through again and you, you know, put all the heat out within 50, 60 feet of the fire line or whatever. But there's always that feeling, especially if this your squad's working on this piece of ground, that there's always that second-guessing feeling, in my opinion, where – it's like, oh, did we put it out all the way? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Then you're, I guess, getting better at not second-guessing myself so much and being like, hey, you know the guys that you work with and you know their quality of work and you know mm-hmm. you know their motivation. Like, just trust that it was done right the first time yeah. instead of second-guessing it or hiking back and checking it again. Yeah. Um, just learning at not second-guessing my, myself so much.
0: Yeah. That's a good one.
2: Yeah. 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 And just trusting that, you know, you're out there, you're in the position that you're in for a reason, you know what you're doing you know trust yourself and i think that makes a strong leader too if you're in a leadership role and you're constantly second guessing yourself in front of your people they're going to be like this guy has no idea what he's doing and we shouldn't trust his decisions essentially it's like if he's going to second guess his decision every time yeah you know it's just but hate to second guess a decision that puts someone at risk
1: yeah (laughs) for sure yeah there's a lot on the line
2: yeah absolutely
1: oh my goodness all right so how long have you been a wildland firefighter
2: uh, going on eight years now.
1: Oh, okay. You just look real young. I'm like, have you? Are you old enough to have a job for eight years? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, right out of high fresh. school, I skipped the college route for a little bit and uh, just started on the career route. Yeah,
1: and your your dad is in firefighting. So is that like, did you see? adventures in his life and think oh man that sounds fun i want to be Uh, a part of that
2: i think i always had interest in the public service being raised Mm -hmm. with a dad who was a firefighter my whole life but honestly growing up and even through most of high school i wanted to be a police officer i was going to take an intern with the provo police department in like my junior year or whatever but they didn't have a slot open because the individual that was doing it was extending his intern for another term and they're like well we can stick you at the fire station and i was like I might as well see what my dad does on a daily basis more up close and you know i i, I kind of like the fire service and structure fire and i've always had after i decided to make that switch from you know law enforcement to fire i started getting more into the structure fire side of things and i'm like ah, oh, this just sounds fun but maybe not really what i'm looking for right now got into wildland fire and i was like oh this is great i get paid to travel all around the country six months out of the year and then i get six months off to do whatever, travel more on my own time, spend time with family, pick up new hobbies, continue old hobbies. Yeah. So it gives you a lot of time off, but it's also a big commitment. Yeah. uh, When you're in the season, it's six months of being gone.
1: Yeah. And even when you're home, there are moments when you're on call, right? So even when you're home, you're not
2: yeah we're really? on call yeah. unless we're on <laughs> mandatory days off then we're on call 24 7 and we have to stay within like a two hour radius of the shop so there, there's things you can do but not a lot that you can do
0: yeah, yeah. like you can't go up the canyon and yeah, have yeah. A not be out of service yeah you are stay in cell phone service exactly the time. and if
2: you are yeah, a cell phone service it's like a brief moment of like true panic you like get back in and you're like do i have a missed call do
0: i have a missed call <laughs> oh, oh, yeah call? <laughs> just constantly yeah. checking your phone <laughs> For sure.
1: You were part of Wildland firefighting for four years before you were actually in a position of leadership. Yes. Okay. Yep. Who's somebody that you look up to when you think of a leader? Who's been like your motivation or your inspiration?
2: And there's there's been a couple good dudes that have been on the crew that have led the one that stands out to me, and I know it's super cliche but it's going to be um, my wife, Shelby, her brother. we Him and I worked on the same crew for a while. <laughs> but And even if I wasn't related to her or married to her, <laughs> it's like I'd probably <laughs> still say the same thing, and I guarantee you 90% of the people that have worked with Cadell would also say the same thing. Yeah. Um, not to name drop anybody, but I just did. But, um, <laughs> there it is. He's, it's okay. I don't we know. don't
1: call him by that name, so no one will know <laughs> who you're talking about.
2: <laughs> but, True. I mean, you just see the respect that, that – that guy has on the crew and you know the the comments that people make about him there which are all positive Mm -hmm. um and just the attitude that people have and i mean anybody that's worked him before especially anybody that's under him as he you know as he's a leader then he's got his subordinates or whatever but anybody that works under Cadell is like always willing to do whatever he asks because they trust him They respect him. He puts in the work with the with the guys, you know, the hard back breaking work when he can. Yeah. He has sympathy for what's going on on their level because he's been at every level at the younger level and then all the way up to where he's at. And uh, it's just he's definitely been one of those motivations because you just go to anybody and you're like, oh yeah, Cadell, and they're like, dude, that guy's badass. Like (laughs) that's a good firefighter. Yeah. And uh, you know that's kind of I never wanted to mimic anybody's leadership style and I still never want to, but if i'm ever thinking about like what stands out to me as a good leader i just look at what he does and it's like wow he's his communication's good he's open he's honest
1: Mm. Uh, he's not afraid to speak
2: his mind when it when it has to be done and when it has to be said there's a lot of big decisions that have to be made out there and he's real good at making those big decisions timely and doing it right or if you know he needs to stand up to somebody then it's not like a second – he's not second-guessing the confrontation and yeah. not confrontation in like an aggressive way, but sometimes you just got to have those yeah. hard talks with people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was. he's definitely been one of the bigger leaders as far as, uh, you know, fire service goes and yeah. and continuing that. He just – it's just next level. I think it's something else to see how much people want to work for him. And I think that's one of the biggest compliments you can get as a mm. leader is, is having these individuals that – want to do this hard and dangerous task for you and don't second guess you at all they're they're excited and they're stoked that you're asking them to go do a task yeah and it's like that's a pretty good compliment because yeah. you know, it's not an it's easy task. actually set or not yeah, yeah. usually
0: it's like grueling work of yeah. yeah what you're doing
2: and then we did have a superintendent he left a couple years back but what stood out to me that i really um admired about his leadership style was that and could, uh, you know everyone's educated to a different level, but our past superintendent, which I won't say any names because he's very discreet about where he wants to, he won't even tell you where he lives. <laughs> but but uh, he was very, very smart, like mm-hmm. smart in fire, smart outside of fire, was a huge reader, was just very knowledgeable on the subject at hand and pretty much anything else you had a question about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing I admire and maybe one of my weaknesses as a leader is I might be tactically sound and decision-makingly sound, but I do, I would say I lack in like the book smart side of it. Like I like to learn in the field and be hands-on, but I'm, mm. I'm not the biggest reader. So like struggling to sit down and like read a book or like learn something out of a yeah. book. It's like, that's where I lack a little bit I just don't have the attention span at the moment to read. And maybe I do it's just i just struggle with it yeah and that's one thing i look up to is like he was just like he always if we had time to kill he always had a book in his hand yeah he just mm-hmm. was reading something all the time or if he he always had quotes from books and leadership books and i'm like yeah, that guy is just smart yeah like, he's a good leader in fire but he's just like a smart human being in general and i feel like that's one aspect of leadership i could step it up in a little bit is like my my book smart side yeah
1: of it. Mm. yeah How does that feel to, like, say out loud, like, there's something that I am consciously aware of that, like, I'm not where I want to be?
2: I think I'm getting better at, like, admitting my weaknesses. Just being in a leadership role, it's my job to also call people out for their weaknesses and address (laughs) their weaknesses and talk to them about it. And in any situation, at least in my experience, it's not easy to talk to somebody about something they're bad at or something they're, they're lacking in. Or something that they're, you know, they're not doing well. It's hard to be like, hey man, you're kind of sucking ass, like, and this is why you're sucking ass. But I've had to do that, and it's just part of the job is telling somebody that, you know, if you don't, you're never going to have the most successful and most, you know, motivated team if you just let people's mistakes slide. You got to call them out. Yeah. You got to address those mistakes, and you got to make those corrective actions uh, to have that that one unit, you know, that successful team. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's been easier for me to admit my own flaws when I constantly have to talk to other people about theirs. It's like if I'm able to talk to them about theirs and I'm expecting them to respond to me about their flaws, yeah. Then I would hope that I'm able to at least do that for myself.
1: Yeah. Mm. Being in a leadership position, do you see that like okay, when I have to address somebody's, you know, mistake or a shortcoming in one way or another, recognizing that there is a there's a whole bunch of goodness and with just a little bit of improvement here like takes this person to the next level and so it's easier to see yourself that way like hey i have a lot to give and it's not like oh i have an achilles heel and i'm worthless if i admit i'm wrong or or have you know a a lacking somewhere
0: wait i wanted to ask you like what your thoughts were on leadership and vulnerability because like for me talking to somebody about something that they're not doing well especially because seeing your relationship like with your co-workers it doesn't it doesn't feel like co-workers it feels like a brotherhood like mm. our entire wedding yeah. was you know half of our guests were The crew members um, and a lot of
2: beer and a lot of firefighters,
0: (laughs) a lot of beer and a lot of firefighters (laughs) at the roach wedding. It seems more like a brotherhood. It seems more of like this unity or like deep friendship. What does it feel like when you're having to go to somebody who you respect as a person outside of work, within work and to make those corrections? Like, I feel like that is really leaning into vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Do you feel the same?
2: yeah yeah i would agree i think the first year or two it was kind of hard we do um what's called like we do like a mid-season eval and then an end of season eval so like halfway through the season we'll go through and we have a bunch of ratings that we rate our crew members on and then we mark oh, okay. their achievements and we mark their weak points and then we kind of come up with a training plan for the rest of the season or like set corrective measures into place on how we're going to fix their you know i don't want to call it bad behavior but uh you know it was hard being vulnerable, and especially being on the crew as long as I have been. I, I definitely still have people that are underneath me that I consider to be friends on mm-hmm. and off the clock. So when you got a friend of yours, lacking, it's it's a little bit more challenging until you kind of get used to it to call him out on something. You're like, well, this is, like, I don't want to piss this guy off. I'm probably gonna call him as soon as we get off the clock and ask him yeah. if he wants to go grab a beer. But I just told mm. him he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> But in a professional way, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not like I look at him and say, "Hey, you suck." You know, obviously, it's a lot more professional than that. But but uh, it, for a lack of better term, it
1: can feel like pain, like that, right? When somebody says, "Wow, how you did that wasn't good enough." Yeah,
2: yeah. And I think I've gotten a lot better, and I don't. It doesn't really bug me being vulnerable at work anymore because I've gotten into that mindset of it's part of the job. It's what you're there to do. It's what you're getting paid to do. It's being vulnerable at home with Shelby. <laughs> it's where. <laughs> Is yeah. leading in my life outside of fire that's where vulnerability gets hard for me a little bit is because at work it's it's like it's you know the craft that I've mastered fighting fire I love yeah. it I'm all about it and I could talk about it forever and I and I could do all that with her and I was relationship <laughs> but like some of the harder <laughs> things to talk about and you know taking some of those leadership roles that I learned at work and applying into my at home life are a little bit harder and being vulnerable is one of those things that's a little bit harder for me off the clock at home because it's just a lot more emotion I feel involved and that's what Mm. makes it harder for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Mm, That's interesting. Well okay another thing I wanted to point out is that you you know from what I understand of the firefighting community you are kind of young. Um, you mm. came into like this leadership position as far as age wise goes, not necessarily an experience, but what does it feel like for you? Like, does age come into a play when you're leading? Like, do you like what I don't does it feel I, like?
2: I don't really think about the age that much sometimes. And it's not like I'm like 12 years younger than the average person. You know, I'm, yeah. I I would say I'm a little young for the position that I'm in but not that, not like freakishly young. Yeah. Um, But there is, it's really crew dependent. There's a lot of crews that have older people that have stuck around for longer. So you just have a lot more age on the Mm -hmm. crew or you have a crew like us, which we have a lot of retention but we just have younger people. We're in the middle of a city young people like being where you know in the city not a lot of young kids nowadays want to go work on a crew that's stationed in the middle of nowhere in idaho like that's just like yeah not mm. some and there's a lot of people that do but i feel like being based in a city yeah we get a lot more of that younger yeah crowd that wants to kind of be based in an area where there's a lot to do
0: yeah I yeah. See.
2: the only time i feel like a little less confident i guess i'd say is when i'm going up to like a 45 year old dude who's been in fire for 25 years and here i am in you know this lower level leadership position so to say in the fire world talking to him about a plan and it's like you just feel like some of these guys look at you and they're like dude you don't even have facial hair like (laughs) like, why are you talking to me
1: (laughs) like are you just a crew member
2: or do you do you have something you actually want to say so yeah but i mean it all works out well as long as you know what you're talking about. People are yeah. going to respect that and yeah. they're going to take that into consideration. And I like it. I think my job and the hobbies that I've chosen outside of work have helped me be act a little bit older than I am. I've got friends, you know, everywhere that are my age that are definitely a little bit immature that I mean, they just haven't had to go through the things that I've done for work to like. And it, yeah. there's a lot out there that you learn a lot about yourself when you spend 6 months sleeping in the dirt and yeah, you know. Totally. Living in your own dirt and grime. You just learn a lot yeah. about, you know, your boundaries physically, your boundaries mentally, and uh, mm. just kind of figure out. I, I like it. It yeah. helped me figure out who I was.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you kind of started at the bottom of the totem pole, right? Like at one point, for however long, you were yeah, you I, were the newbie on the crew. Yeah,
2: I've started at the lowest level you can get, and I've worked every position up to where I'm at now. So, yeah. so okay. I understand the crew from where I'm at to where I was and I've been in every position up to where I was. So I, I have sympathy for all the positions below me. Cause I'm like, I've done that. I've been there. I, you know, know, what, I know what you guys are going through.
1: Yeah. Mm. What does, what does leadership mean to you when you think that like you are a person who is in a role of leadership, what does that mean?
2: I think one of the bigger things in leadership is, is being able to have the ability to get buy-in from the folks underneath mm. you. Okay. Um, it's really hard to lead a larger group or really anybody if they're not bought into you as a leader and, mm-hmm. and you know, and have your respect and have your trust. And, and you know, and really in, an, in a tight knit group like the fire service and military have that brotherhood, and, you know, that personal level of, yeah. of knowing them too outside of work yeah. um, goes a long way. But I think getting that buy in by building their trust, building their respect, putting in the work. You know, the groundwork, the hard work, being able to do those opportunities when you can. But then also having that strong command presence, not second guessing yourself, Um, you know, making sound, safe decisions that, you know, work out tactically for the team. You know, making sure you always win as that team and, you know, having those wins as a team feel like really gives that crew or that group or that unit the buy-in. You know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. And when you have those big wins out in the fire service, it's like to me it's one of the most team cohesive building things all the way from the start of it through all the hard work, all the sweat, all the cramps, all the heat, all the smoke. Then at the end when everything's settled or the dust is settled, so to say, it's like everyone is exhausted and beat up, but for some reason it's the most energy they've had all day because everyone's just so stoked That we like worked together and Mm. did something well and like accomplished the task.
1: Yeah. What are like what do you base your leadership on? What values are you working from when you're leading Mm. people?
2: That's a good question. Honestly, I'd I'd say the number one value is probably for me is trust, is just Mm -hmm. building their trust. Making sure that they trust my decision-making skills, making sure that I trust them to go out and do their jobs proficiently yeah. and correctly without having to be babysat all the time, and yeah, just really building their trust in every aspect. Um, they need to trust me to go out and make big decisions and and make the plan ahead of them, and I need to trust them that while I'm out doing that, that they're back there doing what I'm what well, now what they need to be what they know to how to do and yeah. and doing it safely. Then I'd probably go into Go into respect next. Um, I know that one's a little cliche, but just respect. I feel like when you're working a job where you're tired all the time and it's really yeah. easy to get like frustrated and snappy and just being able to like have respect for those people that you're leading and have that understanding of like, Hey man, realistically what the guys underneath me are doing is physically probably going to be more taxing than what I'm doing being in a supervisor role. And then it's vice versa where what I'm doing is going to be a lot more mentally taxing than physically taxing compared to what they're doing. But mm. just making sure that there's respect on all ends yeah. um, is probably a good second one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think when you were explaining like what a leader means to you or being a leader, you definitely like explained trust for sure. Like that yeah. was when I'm like, he's going to say trust. He's going to. That's, that's and I think too. the other part was really like that team player aspect too. Like you are a part of the whole and your success really depends on their success. And so like that team player mentality, even though you are the person who's saying the decisions. um, Mm -hmm. But I think that you really elaborated that well as too. like, it is about trust team player. And I like that you said respect. I didn't even think about it from the perspective of like everyone's physically exhausted. So it's easy to be irritated Yeah. yeah, and like short, you know, and so that having self-respect, having respect for them, and like kind of that discipline to maintain that relationship in really trying circumstances. Yeah, That's a lot.
2: Yeah, and I'd say I take I I take the losses as a team a little bit more personal on myself. Just mm-hmm. in a leadership role, um, I feel like if we lost as a team, then it's like there's something that I could have done better to get. You know my team ready for the assignment or the task at hand it's like if we fail that, then i always ponder back i'm like what could have i have done better could i have prepared for this earlier should i have you know taken a step back from the situation and gotten the bigger picture of it you know i just i take it a lot on myself because it's my job to lead these guys and make the decisions to you know be successful that's the end state everyone wants to be successful be safe get the job done um so if we fail then it's like wow what what did i do wrong what like what box did i not check and able to complete this task you know properly mm-hmm. and, and yeah. get that end state so i yeah. take the losses a lot more personal but then you got to you got to find that middle ground of like not beating yourself too much and being able to move on from a situation yeah. cuz there's going to be times where you have a loss out there it's like not like a loss of life but like you know the fire creeps past your line or you just can't catch it in time and then it's like you can sit and you can pout about it or you can realize that you've got 10 more hours left in the ship Ooh, and you still have yeah. work to do. It's like, yeah, that sucked, but it's like pouting mm-hmm. about it. It's only going to make it worse. It's like, yeah, that sucked. Maybe learn a quick lesson and then, you know, move on. Focus on the plan ahead. Figure out what's going to happen next. Yeah. Um, don't spend too much time dwelling on those mistakes just because yeah. it's not going to do anyone good, whether it's a tactical leadership or just in-life leadership.
0: What does leadership mean to you outside of firefighting? Like what, like outside of this work? Because I think that it's easy to see that your job, especially in this like military style, there's, you know, the trickle down effect. There's a lot of, almost in my mind, like commands, timely things, um, like team working, team building. Who is somebody or what is like an example of leadership outside of work maybe it's something that you have like a parallel similarity within work but like outside of the career firefighting Yeah. yeah
2: i think a lot of the traits and attributes and just lessons learned that i gather from leadership at work and more of that like tactical environment i think you can take a lot of those and carry them over into your personal life you know having time frames having deadlines you know, respect, building trust, all these things that you do for these people at work, you can carry them over into your life outside of work. And we we have this little joke in fire called, you know, we're type one people living in a type two world, meaning we're these group (laughs) of real disciplined people. Then we come back into society. You got people that they're just slow at the checkout line or they're not driving fast enough or they're not ordering fast enough. And you find yourself in these situations and you're like, man, I wish this son of a gun would just like hurry up a little bit. But then you got to, you know, but then you kind of just sit there and you're like, okay, this isn't, a t- I don't know. It's just the, I just take a lot from work that I've learned and I, I apply it at home and I think it does help me, uh, just be a better leader in life I and mean, being more vulnerable and open with my wife, you know, being good at decision-making, building the trust of her or the people around me in my close friend groups and just, you know, being that person that can take charge of a situation, whether it's at work or whether it's at home Yeah my leadership work has definitely prepared me a lot better for like the challenges and problems i've had in my personal life
1: yeah mm. what is your release like what like this is a lot of, like as you're talking i'm <laughs> like i just can feel my whole body tension like oh my gosh everything's on the line like how do you what's your release like how do you just like okay i'm gonna come back to center
2: i just know there's a cold beer in the fridge waiting for me when I come. <laughs> <laughs>
1: true though (laughs) that's actually kind
2: of true no i'm just kidding um i don't know it's just you know shelby offers a very comforting and very open environment at home so when i'm done at the end of the day or at the end of the job i just know that i have this very safe and very comfortable and very opening place to go back to yeah um and that itself is is kind of a release but honestly like when I get home, I like hopping in the shower and kind of taking 20 minutes in there. Just And I know that's a long shower, but... <laughs> but you're 20, probably
1: really dirty. You've been <laughs> in the smoke and the dirt and like... Yeah. 14 days it's of deep. no showering. Just like I
2: get home, I take all my dirty crap off, and then I, I just sit in the shower for like 20 minutes. I take a couple deep breaths. I, I try to get my brain switched over from like always thinking three hours out to like, hey, man, you're home. You could just relax and, yeah. and you know, go you with the flow, right so to You can be right here, say. right now.
1: Yeah, there's nothing of...
2: that's pressing that I have to absolutely focus on besides hanging out with my wife and giving my dog a good hug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's So I think that, that just a little bit of alone time when I get back of, like, taking that deep breath get my brain switched over to like back at home life. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a pretty good release for me or just being spending time in the outdoors. I'm I work yeah. outdoors, but I also have a lot of hobbies uh, like hunting and antler gathering that keep yeah. me outdoors when I'm not at work. And those are also good releases for me. Cause typically I'm when I think of the outdoors, I think of like hard work and I think of it even when I'm not at work and I'm hiking around and I'm looking at trees and bushes and I'm like, oh man, that would really suck to have to <laughs> cut line through that or hike up that hill. Yeah. But then when I'm out there and I'm doing things that I love, like the hunting and the shed hunting, it's like, oh, okay, like, that's right. I can stop and take a break whenever I mm-hmm. want. And it just gives me a a better, you know, kind of brings me back to like how the outdoors really are. It's yeah. not always chaos and work and sweat. Yeah.
1: It's,
2: a, it's, a, there's, it's very relaxing too. Yeah.
1: There's beauty. There's, exactly.
0: Yeah. Justin, I feel like, is a really easygoing guy. Yeah. Like, he, like, loves a cold shower beer. He loves... Doesn't take t-
2: a lot to persuade me.
0: No, yeah. <laughs> he's such, like, a a go with the flow. And I think, like, a lot of ways that I see him just, like, winding down, he'll take the dog for a walk or, like, he's he's just really good at... I think compartmentalizing is a good way of saying that. Like, when he's at work, he's at work. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when he's home... He does a really good job at just
1: being home. Being home. Yeah. Justin is a
0: good teacher in the present moment. Like, why are you worrying about that? That's not until Thursday. Like, let's worry about it on Thursday, right? Like, we're here. We're we're having a good time. So, yeah, yeah he's really good at compartmentalizing for sure. Yeah.
1: Some of this is actually kind of surprising and somewhat shocking for me to hear from you because I, I know you as, like, home Justin. Yeah.
0: Totally. Like,
1: I know you as, like super laid back, just whatever, always having a good time, Mm -hmm. like never gets his feathers ruffled. And then I'm picturing you like, oh, my gosh, Justin, like everything's on the line. Like, what are you going to do? Everyone like everyone's looking to you in the decision. And you're like trying to think three hours ahead. And I'm just like, wow, that is a lot. And yeah, yeah, that compartmentalizing or being able to turn that switch.
2: I would say that as far as like my personality and things go, I might get a little bit more like snap snappy in a good way I guess like quick on my feet but everything pretty much stays the same I think between like my my work self and my home self my buddy Jasper gave a speech at my wedding and he kind of described my personality as like a laid-back intensity and it's like at work I do like to still carry over that like you know kind of more chilled out vibe so to say um, yeah. versus like high strung and wound up all the time because yeah you know, these guys want to see someone that's out there and, and willing to get after it, but they also don't want to see someone that's like stressed and panicked all the yeah. time. They want to see someone yeah. who's like in a stressful situation, but like totally chilling. out. Keeping your cool. Collected, yeah.
0: Well, that's a leader, right?
2: Yeah. So I, I think in general, I do carry a laid back intensity. I think that's kind of my leadership style is I'm, I'm really cool and I'm really easy going when I have to be, but I also don't have a problem of like flipping the script yeah. at a pretty short notice. Yeah. Um. When when the situation calls for it, yeah. And that's at work and at home. I feel like so.
1: Yeah. When was a time that you watched somebody in a leadership position and you thought, I would do that different.
2: Hmm.
1: Or like, given the chance, I think I would. I would try something different.
2: Man, nothing really comes to mind right off the bat. I, I. And not to sound like cocky, but I've been blessed with really good leadership throughout most of my life, you know, whether it be on the clock or off the clock, I've, I've been fortunate to be around really good people who've all have left uh, a positive imprint on me. Um, but if we're if we're looking to be specific, like favoritism, I guess, mm. has definitely been a, a downfall or a pitfall of some leaders that I've worked with in the yeah. past, where they kind of hold on to a certain individual or a certain group of people. And they just kind of and they try to keep it low key, but you can tell that it's like, this person's getting the good assignments. This person's mm. getting the training assignments. This person's getting that. Yeah. And it's like, you can kind of see that this individual's favored a little bit more for really just probably for personal reasons amongst the leader. So I'd say, and that's a big pitfall for morale. So you got pe- everyone's yeah. working hard and you've got people that are working just as hard that might be awarded the equal opportunity. But you know, yet again, that same person is chosen for an assignment or a task. Yeah. And it's like, eventually, you know, you got to spread the wealth amongst your folks and, yeah. and give everyone those opportunities yeah. to learn and grow. Um, so
1: fairness is really important. To you I think too. fairness is huge in our yeah. line of work. Um, yeah.
2: I think give it where it's where it's earned for sure or deserved.
1: Yeah. Ugh, I love that. Yeah. Can you describe a time where you feel like it was really hard for you to be a leader? Like maybe a time where you wish, like, man, I wish this r- responsibility wasn't on my shoulders right now.
2: Hmm. So this year we had, and this is more of the leadership aspect that I haven't really had a whole lot of experience with, because we've had so many good guys come through the crew that we haven't had a whole lot of bad apples that have been, you know, a liability or or yeah. a nuisance or just really kind of crappy people that don't want to improve themselves either. But I had a, a guy on my squad this year, and uh, you know, he kind of was a late hire. We needed an extra body. He applied. You know, he interviewed in person and kind of gave us, I don't know, he he was definitely bullshitting us the whole time, but he definitely gave us that sense of like, oh, this guy's got heart and this guy's got will. Like, he actually might work out well. And then we, you know, brought him out in the field and tested him, you know, through trial and error. And and the more we learned about this individual, the more that we're like, he was somebody that wanted to be out here for the title. He didn't didn't want to do the hard work. Mm. He didn't want to do, like, he didn't want to earn his place. He just wanted to be there and like have the title of being a hotshot wildland firefighter or whatever, you know. Um, And as the season went on, you know, his performance got worse no matter how many times we met with him. And I sat him down quite a few times in like very professional and very respectful ways and, and talked about, you know, what he was doing wrong, his deficiencies and what I want to see to correct him. And they just continued to stay the same, stay the same, stay the same. You know, eventually we had to release that individual. We had to terminate his, not terminate his employment, but essentially that. Um, but that I was in charge of making that phone call. Mm. Like, hey, you know, this is why we're not going to bring you back. This is how it kind of happened. So that was hard, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, whether they're a bad employee or not, they're still a person. It's like telling somebody that they don't have a job at the moment is still a tough thing to do. It's like, yeah. oh, man, that's not like what I wanted to do. Like, It yeah. still sucks being like, hey, thanks for trying (laughs) it it wasn't easy to be like yeah give us all your gear back turn everything in Mm. like you're done sorry so and that's something that i'm still learning about is making those harder phone calls to people because everybody's a human and everyone has emotion and i just think about what if that was me getting that call
1: yeah
2: and i'm like man that would suck but that also gives me motivation to never be that person that's getting a phone call about bad like repeatedly bad poor performance yeah
1: Mm. a couple of things on that and also like, okay, now as a leader, like how do I make sure like if I'm going to have to have that conversation, what do I got to do beforehand to make sure that like I've given this individual every opportunity Mm. so that I don't look back and think, I think that comes back
2: to a little bit of self-reflection, just sitting down and being like, and making that mental checklist in your head or even doing it throughout the process and being like, okay, I gave him this opportunity here. And we do take a lot of notes at work and those are things that, you know, I carry a little notebook around and I'll note that, be like, hey, on this day, you know, gave this individual this warning, gave this individual this warning, talk to him about this, talk to him about that. And I save all these, you know, dates and times and conversations. So when we do these uh, mid-season evaluations or these end-of-season evaluations, I can bring up certain scenarios that stood out more so than others and, yeah. and talk about them. but. And I don't know. You kind of just know when you've given it your all for somebody. You're yeah. like, "Hey, I've I know that I have done everything I can," mm-hmm. and it's just kind of a feeling where you're like, "Well,
1: I can't I've, want this I've done more it all. than you do." Like, yeah,
2: the ball is in your court. You have to take like I've literally done everything I can do to try to make you successful, but I can't get through to your lack of you know mental fortitude, so to say. It's like you're not mm-hmm. mentally strong enough to push forward right now. Yeah, so right. come back when you are because yeah. I've tried everything. That, that i needed to do
1: yeah do you think do you think that that should get easier having to have those conversations or do you think it's a good thing that that's hard to do
2: i think it's a good thing that it's hard to do i think as a good human in general nobody likes to see somebody fail whether they you know their failures have led to mishaps for the crew or they've led to a lot of frustration and a lot of just anger so to say uh, I think it's hard to feel bad for somebody like that, but deep down, they're still a person and it's like, whether they're, and and, and just, they're just not ready to be in that position in that time of their life. It's not saying they're never going to be ready to do this job, yeah. but it's it's just always sad to see someone failing and be like, okay, hey, like, I'm pulling the plug. You're not ready to be here yet. You're not ready to take this next step in life. Mm, and, yeah. and I think I think it's good that it's hard. I think yeah. if it was easy for you to be that much of a dick to somebody every time, then you're probably not meant to be in a leadership role. Yeah. Like some of the best leaders I've known, still have like hard times having those hard conversations. Yeah. So, Ooh. Mm.
0: Amen.
1: Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Preach
2: that. Yeah. Like my one of my old supervisors, this the the individual that was incredibly smart. He. He was really good at having bad conversations when we needed to. And he didn't enjoy doing them. But when he left the crew, he wanted to let all the guys that he'd been working with for a while, like, let him know how much he appreciated him. But he wasn't, like, a touchy-feely kind of guy. He's very, like, tough shell. So he just wrote us all letters and, like, dropped them off on our desks when we weren't paying attention. And then we could read it. But he didn't want to, like, sit down. And, like, yeah. Sit, but still, so it, was still, a, it yeah. was still a nice act. But Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely think it... I mean I don't think it should be like a like a losing sleep kind of thing, like, Oh, I gotta make this hard conversation. And every time that comes up you're like, Well, I'm not sleeping tonight because I'm so stressed. But I don't think it should be like a hundred percent natural yeah. to to, you know, tell somebody that they're failing and that it's not yeah. working out. You know, I think yeah. that's hard for any good person to do That
0: that seems humble. That seems like yeah. humility. Yeah.
1: Ooh, Jesse, you're talking about all the good things. Trust, <laughs> team player, respect, humility. Like, Love oh my, it. my gosh, yeah. That's awesome.
2: I know that I deserve to be in the position where I'm at, and I feel mm-hmm. confident and ready to be in the position that I'm at right now.
1: Yeah. Do, I you don't, ha- do you experience things maybe outside? Like, is there another part in your life where you feel like, oh man, I should not be like here. Like, I
0: shouldn't be here, like that imposter syndrome? No,
2: not, not really, no. I don't, I don't think so. That's because Can you think of anything, Shelly? You know me pretty well.
0: No, I can't. <laughs> I think that's being a boy. <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I'd like to but say I'm. I'm
2: like, pretty. I tr- see I'm pretty true time. to myself. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't think I. I don't really have goals or ambitions of trying to be like anyone else. I feel like my whole life, I've been very good at being like this is who I am. And I don't, I just never, I don't like want to be a copycat. Like another big pitfall I see in leadership in work and outside of work is somebody really looks up to a a leader and it's like, they mimic that person to a T and it's like, is it a good leadership style? Yes. But it's like, if what I've seen is like, Oh, I worked with this person for a couple of years. Now this next guy that's coming up is trying to do the exact same thing that Mm. the guy above him did. And it's like, there's no originality. It's like be take that, take the parts that you liked about that good leader and then, like, put them into your own way personally. Like, make it yeah. your own style of leadership versus just taking what someone else has already written out for you. Yeah. And at the same time, it's kind of the lazy way to step into a leadership role. You're like, oh, look at this guy above me did all – or you know, guy or girl above me did all this work. Now I'm set up for success. It's like, yeah, take what yeah. they have given to you and run with it, but also make it your own. You know? yeah. Set it up to be your own style, your own way. Yeah. Because um, their bullet values might not – match up with yours and vice yeah. versa so.
0: well i think that like authenticity is really important just in i'm going to go as far to say that's really important in leadership because i believe that like people can see through bullshit mm-hmm. like if you're you know that whole fake it till you make it is great but that deep sense of self-worth or self-knowing i think is really important yeah. and it's easy to catch on to that and so if you're mimicking <clears throat> a leadership style instead of truly feeling that and like expressing it through true and honest words or actions i think that it's really easy to um feel a resistance towards that because yeah. it does feel inauthentic is that yeah. a word like
1: yeah disingenuous disgen- yeah
0: disingenuous or yeah. so i think that it is important to find that core sense of who I am and not wanting to be somebody else taking you know how we say like take what you like and leave what you don't take the things that you like of leadership styles of examples throughout you and then leave the things that don't feel natural to you leave the things that don't resonate with you fully
1: and like the world has already had that leader the world had that leader like yes and I think that that is kind of part of Imposter syndrome, right? Feeling like, okay, Absolutely. well, I have to do how they did it mm-hmm. or else yeah, but maybe, maybe I'm not qualified. Maybe
0: feeling like you're not good enough. Like yeah. I'm not good enough and so therefore I must look and act like this leader did yeah. above me.
1: And then everyone else can see through it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, clearly. Like Justin's obviously it, seen through it. And yeah. in
2: that note, one of my old uh, supervisors left for me. You know, one of the things he said was, you know, you ha- you're you in a position to where you can put your own twist into the crew's history now. So like yeah. pretty much make that happen. It's like, yeah, that's true. It's like, and he said some other things in there that we're hinting at, like, you know, keep the traditions alive, but like this is your opportunity to make it your own experience now. Mm, so like yeah. make it. And I've always kind of taken that little blurb from his letter and been like, yeah, like this is yeah. my chance to like, the, the world has already seen the crew for what it was with this leader and this leader. And now yeah. it's like we're moving into a whole new realm for our crew specifically of leadership. And it's like, we all have, almost this responsibility to like make it our own now. It's like it's our little project and we, you know, we need to put our own twist on it now.
0: Oh my gosh, wait, I kind of like how you said that because I feel like we could take that and run with it in general leadership today or like we all have heard like this common definition of what something is supposed to be and then like taking that little twist, adding that little sprinkle of yourself or that little flair if you will um and making it your own i think that's important in whatever role you're in yeah like how can you make it a little bit more a little bit more you
1: yeah can you name like a a woman in a leadership role that like has maybe made an impact on you like Mm. when you think of like women in leadership like who who comes to mind
2: you know as far as my personal Experience, and I'll talk about work side and the non-fire side. Um, I haven't personally worked with a whole lot of women closely in my job, and there's mm-hmm. there's women out there, and there's really hardcore badass women that do yeah. incredible. I can imagine thi- if they're
1: doing yeah, they job. do incredible things, <laughs> and badass. and I, I
2: see them on the daily at work. I just haven't had the opportunity to work very mm-hmm. closely with a lot of women. Um, but one that sticks out, and I don't know this individual at all personally but it's someone that my buddy has worked for that was a supervisor on one of my buddy Jasper's older crews um and apparently she's just like this fit super smart like would put most of the guys in this job to shame um and I feel like that's kind of what you see with women in fire is like these women that are in fire are just like insane they're just so good at what they do and mm-hmm. so professional and so smart it's like and i don't know why that is but you just see these women that are in these leadership and these powerful positions in fire and you're like they're just so good at what they do mm-hmm. It's i feel like maybe it's it is that competition over time of like you know women in quote a men's job which i don't necessarily believe that but you know it's kind of how it's viewed sometimes But the women that I have seen in these leadership roles in FIRE have just been top notch. Mm -hmm. Their command presence is great. They're strong, they're physically fit. They're insanely good at making good, big decisions. Um, And they just, they have that respect, you know, they put in the time, they put in the work and people respect them, you know, gender aside, which I think is silly. It shouldn't even be a gender thing nowadays. Like if this person's badass and they're a badass.
0: Okay, to give us an example outside of work of a woman in leadership.
2: You know, also cliche, but my wife who's sitting across from me, oh gosh. Shelby. Um,
1: <laughs> I concur. I agree. I think,
2: I think her family in general, you know, the decent family. They, I think they they breed leaders like no other family does. Um, they're all strong all the emotionally eyes. and physically. You know, everyone has their challenges mentally, but they're yeah. they're pretty well strong. Um, they're always respected. They're knowledgeable, but she. I don't know. Shelby just really stands out to me as, and we were actually just kind of having this talk the other night, but she's just very, a part of Shelby that I envy is her, is her confidence or I guess her, uh, what, what were we saying the other night? You're, uh, I don't remember. Say
0: it, what were we talking about? She's just, remember?
2: I guess she's just very confident. And it's like, if someone offends her or she doesn't like something, she's not afraid to be like, you know, what the hell did you just say and like <laughs> can and like, you reiterate like, that for me can you out? actually
0: tell me exactly what you mean by that statement But like,
2: call them out in a professional way too and and yeah. and you just know that if you're getting ready to go to war with shelves and it's like she has the facts to back up all of her arguments and like she's probably gonna make you look dumb i don't know there's just a lot of like confidence that she has and her just natural leadership abilities you know she People want to listen to her in yoga. People come to her day in and day out with questions about life when she doesn't even have the answers to her own life yet. Yet she's able to go and give people these answers Uh, about the problems in their life. And I just see with how much people look up to her and how much people, yeah, pretty much how much people look up to her. It's very similar to the respect that her brother got on the crew that she gets from like her friend group outside of life. There's very similar attributes to that. Um, She's just a Mm strong-headed, stubborn, beautiful girl.
1: (laughs) I agree. (laughs) all amazing wonderful things <laughs> one thing blushing. that i see similar between both of your guys' leadership style is like one of the important foundations to both of you guys is fairness like mm. that's huge for shelby shelby yeah. will like put herself on the line yeah because she feels like something isn't fair like that's <laughs> not fair we need to do something about it and and you even brought that up in your conversation too like that's something that like is a base value that both of you guys share
2: yeah I think high beautiful. five
1: <laughs> yeah love you okay last question What would you like to see for leaders in the future? Like going into, I mean, we're in, we're in freaking 2021 now. For the young bucks who are like getting ready (laughs) to like be leaders of, you know, our country, our world, our, our, you know, our career path. Like what do you want to see for leaders in the future?
2: I think. For leaders in the future and, you know, talking to myself too, is you just have to be able to adapt and overcome with the world as it changes. You can't be stuck in your old school ways of a leader and expect a new generation to respond to the way that the old generation did in leadership, you know. In my personal leadership style, I like to keep a little bit more. Like I said, I'm very chill, very easygoing, but I also like to keep a little bit more of that hard-ass, strict Mentality, just because that's me, that's what I like, the very disciplined, very routine, um, you know, a little bit of raising my voice when it needs to happen. But there's some people that just don't respond to that. And I think, you know, for leaders in fire and leaders in the world, just realizing that, you know, every year, every month we're, we're changing as a as world and things are changing and the people are changing and the generation of kids are changing and the way that they respond to leadership and, you know, mm-hmm. their role models essentially are a lot different than what they used to be when we were all, you know, you know yeah. 12 and 13 and younger. Mm. You know, the people, and we see it now too, we're getting a, a newer generation coming into fire and they just don't respond well to like the loud voices and the yeah. name calling and, and you know, the fun hazing, not like actual bullying, but just general hazing yeah. that people go through. But it's, it's, you're seeing people respond a lot better to like the, more understanding side and the way that I was blessed and cursed with having a squad of pretty much all rookies besides one guy this year that was a returner and it was a big learning point for me and my uh my co-pilot Jasper because I just kept thinking I'm like man like it's frustrating because these guys are so new I just wish they would like understand it already but then I was like you know what you can't kick a dog essentially when it's down like you can't punish a dog if it doesn't know what it did wrong. And that's yeah. what I kind of portrayed to Jasper and to myself was like, I can't punish these guys if they actually don't know what they're doing yet. They're all brand new. Yeah. It's the first couple of weeks. Like they might not understand what is being asked of them right now. So it's like getting angry at them and frustrated and yelling, you know, only made it worse and more confusing. And you can carry that over into your life, you know, yeah. with your significant other or your partner or whatever. It's like, if you guys are having arguments about a certain situation, it's like don't yell at this individual if if they don't know what you're asking them to do. Yeah.
1: Mm. Like if
2: Shelby wants me to be vulnerable right now but I'm not picking up on that or I'm not good at being vulnerable, then it's like she shouldn't kick me while I'm down because I don't understand <laughs> oh, what she wants of oh. me yet. Or vice versa, you know.
0: So you're telling me to be more patient. Or vice okay. versa. When I go
2: on a crazy, <laughs> stupid hike on the Wasatch Front and I sadly drag Shelby with me. It's like, sometimes I'm like, I get, I don't want to say frustrated, but she's, <laughs> we've, we've had our ups and downs on some harder hikes, but then I'm like, why am I getting angry at her? Like, I'm just glad she's out here. Mm. She's not like, I wouldn't say a hundred percent ready for this crazy of a hike yet, but she's, she's out here doing it, but it's like, why get mad at her when she's trying, but she might not, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. Let know.
0: me just tell you guys, Justin has taken me to the base of a mountain and I, Tip my head back, and I still can't see the top of the ridge. <laughs> and he goes, onward. Here we go. And it's like really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Just when you can touch the ground in front of you, and you know you have to go straight up. I will say that he has seen me in some hard moments. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for talking with us, babe. Yeah, no worries. You're so cute. <laughs>
1: We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs.
0: You can find us on Instagram at itotallyrelatepod. Or you can share your
1: feedback and insights with us at Pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.